Welcome back to Zillennials Podcast. Today on Zillennials, we're going to talk about the Alice Network, which is our second book club podcast. Hi, Kaylee. Hi, Leanne. So, why did we end up picking the Alice Network? So, we wanted to pick the Alice Network because we really wanted to pick a historical fiction book, and we thought that the plot of this one was really interesting. Yeah, I remember when we were trying to pick a book, we wanted to do one that was historical fiction because it's a genre that we both like. And then we were also both interested in the World War II, World War I historical period. Definitely. And also for this episode, it is Women's History Month. And so we wanted to pick a book that would have really strong female characters, which is part of the reason why we chose this one. So the Alice Network is by Kay Quinn, and it's one of those books that has two different narrators and it jumps to different time periods. Yeah, so it starts off around like 1915, and then it'll jump back to like 1944, 1945-ish. So you kind of have that duality between World War I and just like right towards the end of World War II. Um, And so it's really interesting to see it from both of those time periods to see how things have changed, but things have also not changed. There are definitely some things that are still the same. And our two narrators are Charlie and Eve. Um, What did you think about those two? So for Charlie and Eve, I thought that they were both pretty good narrators. Honestly, though, I think that Eve was a much stronger character and just overall better written than Charlie. I feel like Charlie, a lot of the times she was so like wishy-washy and kind of just like 2D and flat that it kind of bugged me, especially at the beginning. Like as the book progressed, I liked her more. But at the beginning, like, I don't know. I think it's just with the way that the book started out, it made her character not as believable because she was t- taking um because she was taking such a drastic action initially i thought that it made her kind of a less reliable narrator i agree with you i think i in the beginning it's not that i didn't like her but i definitely didn't form an attachment to her and i remember in the first few chapters i would kind of i wouldn't skip them but i'd kind of read them faster like her parts to get to Eve's story because I wanted to know what happened to Eve. Yeah, definitely. Because Eve kind of had this sort of intensity with her story that I feel like Charlie just didn't have. And I think part of that was because we didn't really know that much about her cousin. I'm just going to let you all know, if you haven't read the book yet, it might be a good idea to go back and read the book because there may be some spoilers in this episode. So just a pre-warning um but I felt like there just wasn't that same sort of tension that Eve had with her story because I feel like for Charlie's it was like oh I'm going to look for this cousin but it didn't really build up that relationship with the cousin first and I feel like that relationship was just kind of never really built along the way and so I feel like it never had that same sort of tension that Eve's story had I agree with that. I think I got more invested 
in Charlie's stories in the later part. I think once the cousin was introduced a little more. But I think when we talked about this before we had either finished the books, it, that in the beginning, it kind of seemed that Charlie was just more of a way that we could figure out Eve and learn about Eve. Then she didn't really have her own story in the beginning. Definitely. She was definitely just kind of a weaker character. Um, just because I feel like the author was so focused on telling Eve's story that Charlie was just kind of like, like you were saying, she was just kind of like a way to get that story out into the open and a way to kind of bring up that story because she was meeting Eve. I think part of that too could be because Eve's story is based in historical reality. Like that's the part the historical part of the historical fiction. And I think maybe it could be slightly easier to build a more fully fleshed out character when you have more of a, a base. I agree. Definitely. So for people who don't know that much about the Alice network and what it kind of was historically. So it was this network of spies, female spies in France and it was an actual thing. This actually occurred during World War I, where they had these women being spies undercover because most people wouldn't suspect a woman. Um, and then they would give information to other people in the military so that they could make a couple military moves that would be really beneficial to winning the war. I thought that the scenes with... Eve that were in before it caught up to present day I think my favorite scenes in the book were the scenes in with Eve when she was a spy and I think the author did a good job in kind of describing the tension you know of like you're doing this work and it's it's very dangerous and how it's also kind of more mundane than people think based off of you know movies and stuff and how because Eve was working in that restaurant, with Renee Bordelon's restaurant, and how she had to always watch herself because she couldn't let slip that she knew English or German because, you know, Renee would fire her and then even worse, she could potentially be killed. Definitely. And I think also they did, I think that she did take a couple of liberties with the historical part of it. But I feel like a lot of those liberties were things that probably actually happened. Um, and so I really liked the way that that part was written because I liked that it had that historical base, but she also felt like she could go and she could say things that didn't happen on paper, but probably did occur. Yeah, I think that's something important to keep in mind when you're reading historical fiction is how it still is fiction. You know, it's not going to be completely true, but I think that's also a way to make history more accessible to people. Like some people may not want to sit down and read a nonfiction book on, you know, whatever the topic is. In this case, World War, I guess Eve was World War One. And then by making it into historical fiction, it kind of makes it more accessible to people who wouldn't read otherwise. Yeah, and I think that there's always something really powerful about telling it through a story format rather than 
you know, just giving you the facts like you would get it in history class. I think that it just makes it so much more interesting and it really helps you to feel like you know these people or feel like these people are important to you. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I just really like historical fiction. Yeah, it reminds me of, I think the character in the book is Violet, was her code name. But the book that it's like a lot of the information came from was this retelling of that the real version of that person basically told i think her husband about the story of um louise de betinges i do you know how to say that uh no i don't let's just call her louise okay of louise and how she i think she told her husband and he wrote it down so i think that would be an interesting read too because like you were saying it's in more of a narrative style than just straight fact Definitely. But one of the characters that I thought was extremely interesting, but I also hated to no end, was Renee. What did you think of Renee? I've got so many thoughts about him. Um, major spoiler alerts, because a lot of them have to do with, you know, the ending of his story. Um I'll just name a few things to begin and then we can get your reaction to them. First of all, I think he's an idiot because he's trying to run away after the first war, but he doesn't, he only changes his like last name. So super easy to find you. I know, right? I'm like, you would think that he would change his whole name, but instead he's like, no, I'm just going to change my last name. And he changes it to people related to that poet that he's obsessed with. What was it? Baudelaire? Yeah. And like, then, why would you do that? <laughs> like, I was like, okay, fine. Don't change your first name. Because I feel like it might be easier to fake being a n- new person if everyone's calling you the same first name. But it's like, especially because Eve was a spy and she was trained, she's going to know the references to the poem and how to find you. Yeah, especially because of all of that information he shared with her. Like, how dumb do you have to be? I think he's an idiot. So... That's the first point I have on him. Second point, kind of the same. Why would he name the restaurant the same name? I don't know. I really don't know. I think that, like, of all the things he could have done when he relocated, that was one of the stupidest things. Like, I think it's mainly there as a plot device so that they could say, oh, this is where Rose worked and it's really easy to connect. But just in the real world, if I was running from, like, people who I thought were after me because I worked with the Nazis, I wouldn't keep my same first name and I wouldn't name my restaurant the same exact thing. And also, he put it in a location that he talked to Eve about. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. I think that there were a lot of things that just didn't make sense in the plot like that, where it was just like, any logical person would not do this. Like, I understand that it's for the plot points and that's why you're doing this. But also, any logical person would not do this. You would, like, cut your hair, change your name, completely change your style to go undercover if you were really and truly that worried about having to go undercover. And honestly, I probably wouldn't even go in the restaurant business. Like, he's not changing himself enough. Like, a trained spy is going to be able to find him. Yeah, and you look at it, too, and you're like, you know that he had a very profitable business, I'm sure that he could have taken that money and reinvested it in something else. Like, if it's like the first time you have a restaurant, second time you have a restaurant, I'm like, all right, like, I guess I could see that because that's what you know and that's what you're good at. 
but still i just oh i don't get it what i also don't understand is the third time that he ran away like they meet him at some fancy restaurant but is he working at the point like is he just living off his war money i honestly don't know that was the question that i had too because i feel like he might have been but that doesn't really seem like him yeah but also it's just like so ridiculous that he keeps going to these fancy restaurants and lives in this i don't know what i thought was described as a fairly big house i'm like he needs some sort of job I mean, unless he was, like, really rich and didn't have to work anymore. But also, oh, I guess it was a family villa, wasn't it? Like, his uncle owned it or something, so. Oh, it Maybe he didn't have to buy it. Okay, and one of the things that really drove me crazy was Renee's first interaction with Eve. Where he was like, oh, here, you can have some food. Like, I think it was, I want to say it was during or after her interview He was like, oh, one of the benefits of working here is you get fed. And it just, oh, it was so gross to me because like it was such a power move. It really bothered me. Yeah, I can see how it would bother you. I can also see how someone like Renee, like the way his character is, is that he'd enjoy that power trip because it's in France during wartime. There's not a lot of food available. And I feel like he enjoys kind of having the control over whether people eat oh i totally agree i was like that was a very good thing towards building his character but that didn't make me hate it any less oh totally another thing that i thought was actually really good about his character because i feel like at the beginning he seemed kind of smart but the thing he did in the end of the interview when eve's leaving and then he says something in german like kind of as like a surprise test to see if she's reacts, and then she has to like quickly kind of process it and then remember that her Marguerite doesn't speak German. And so she has to like hide the reaction. Yeah, I thought that that was really smart. But there were some times like, I can't remember exactly when it was in the book, but there was this one time where Eve had mentioned something to him that she would not have known unless she was eavesdropping on somebody else's conversation in German. And I initially was like, oh my gosh, he's going to know that she knows German. Because it was like one of the first times that they were, you know, together romantically. I don't even like to say it like that. But it was one of the first times that they were together after hours. After dark? After dark, yes, if you will. But I remember she said something about like some upcoming event that she would not have known about if she did not understand German. And he would like it totally didn't phase him. He just went along with it and was like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I totally thought he was going to catch her. I was so sure. Maybe he had too much wine at that point. Perhaps. I just I was reading this and I know I finished the book before you and I was just like. I need Kaylee to finish this so I can rant about Renee and how stupid he is and how much he annoys me. Yeah, he was very annoying. I did not like him at all. And he was just constantly on a power trip all the time. It was infuriating. Yeah, it it drove me nuts to just how, like when they were talking about I forget the exact details, but basically the idea when, you know, 
Renee would say something like, oh, like, do you hate me for working with the Germans? And then Eve, like, you know, has to act and then say something about like, oh, we all need to do what we need to do to survive. And then Renee's all just like, yeah, like, you know, that's all we're doing here. But like the fact that he actually believes it and he's kind of like, well, we have no choice but to do this. And I was just like, you do have a choice. Yeah, you always have a choice, you know? Like, it might not be easy, but it's like, you are choosing to do what you're doing. Yeah, and you can tell that, like, he was choosing it because he was looking out for his self-serving interests rather than looking out for the good of the people in his community. And also, it's I feel like it's not even that he believed in the Germans' philosophy either. He just thought, oh, they're going to win, so I should side with them so I can, like get richer yeah he definitely had that attitude about him and he was also like oh well they're going to win so do i want to be on the losing side of the war or the winning side but then he picks the wrong side both wars i know anyway we we should move on because i could talk about him for a very long time okay so another thing i really wanted to address about this book was the expectations of women and kind of compare it to how it was then and how it's changed over time. Because in the book, um, especially in the beginning, Charlie talked about the expectations for women during like the 1940s. Um, and essentially because she was pregnant, um, it insinuated that she was very promiscuous. And then like, she also talked about how women are not meant to be intelligent during that time like people don't think of them as intelligent beings and so I thought that that was really interesting yeah I think when I was reading it I could see the point and like why they brought it up and the thing that kind of got to me about that is I feel like it was kind of over overhandedly mentioning it instead of just kind of writing it into the story a little more naturally it's like let me blatantly say this way too many times yeah that was an issue that I had with it too was I felt like the author really wanted to make it a strong point but I think she overdid it like I think that she was constantly talking about Charlie's math skills which that didn't bother me as much but the fake equations drove me nuts it'd be like two girls plus one best friendship divided by an ocean away times three summers. And I was like, this is not even math. This is so stupid. It just, oh, it infuriated me. I did not like it. So sometimes I don't like reading the Goodreads reviews and stuff beforehand because sometimes there's like spoilers in it that aren't warned. But I was reading some the other day and one of them was talking about that and how it I kind of agreed where it seemed kind of like a way to either move the plot along or do some character development with Charlie, but like kind of taking the easy way on it. Yeah, it just was not very effective. And then also like half of the math things that they talked about were not even like complex math things. Like for example, on her date with Finn, I remember she was chatting about like the Pythagorean theorem and he was wowed. And I was like, we learned about this in high school. This is basic math. It's one of the things I have left over from high school. Same here. One of the few things I remember still. 
Did I learn taxes or anything? No, but I can recite the Pythagorean theorem. So, you know, maybe Finn dropped out of high school and never learned it. Perhaps. But I was, oh, I was so miffed. I was like, if you're supposed to be this math whiz, like, why not throw in some calculus or some really upper level math? Like, I'm sure that you could find an equation that you could insert that would make her character more believable rather than the Pythagorean theorem. Also, when they're like, oh, she's so good at math. And then she's like, oh, I went from, you know, not taking school seriously to managing a budget for three people. And I'm just like, I wasn't a math major, but I think I could manage a budget on a vacation. Yeah. And even when she's like, oh, I double check all of the calculations of like any sort of receipts we get, so on and so forth. I was like, I mean, yeah, like that's great and all, but really? Like, that's how you're going to develop her character? Because I feel like that's almost like a slap in the face, like saying like, oh, she can do math. She can do basic math. Right. And then when they're saying about how, like, I don't know, she would work out the tip or whatever. I just I think it's like what you're saying is basic addition, subtraction, you know, multiplication. It's not that impressive. Yeah, so I feel like if there was other opportunities for her to show that she was more advanced in math, I feel like I would have respected her character more. But I don't think those opportunities were given to her. And I think I understand what the author's trying to do with that, like kind of make her... Because to us, it's not as shocking to have a woman go to college, be a math major. Like, I get what she was trying to show. I just think it could have been developed a little more naturally. Yeah. So one person that Charlie kind of reminds me of is the main character in The Queen's Gambit, which is a Netflix show. Um, Because that one, I think, took place during the 1960s, I want to say. And the plot of that also hinged on people thought that women weren't really smart and this lady was extremely intelligent um, but I felt like it was just not as well developed here as in that TV show. Yeah, I haven't watched that TV show. What I do know is like people like I read interviews and stuff that was saying how like the Netflix show, I guess. I don't know if they're I think they weren't talking about the book, but basically saying that they kind of made it seem like there was no sexism in it. And I know they were talking to some woman chess master or something and basically saying that the re- like the way that the character went through the queen's gambit was kind of not realistic. And I don't know, cause I haven't seen the show, but I mean, I feel like I could see that because it's like, I don't know. I think that like, as soon as she impresses them, they're immediately like, wow, she's phenomenal rather than like, you know, after she impresses them still being sexist, because I feel like things like sexism and whatnot, it's, If you are sexist, you will likely continue to be sexist for a long time. I don't think it's something that will go away at the drop of a hat and then all of a sudden everyone thinks you're amazing. You know? Yeah, I think it takes work on behalf of the person who is being sexist. Because I understand like the way, you know, maybe some people's backgrounds are like they don't realize saying certain things or whatever. But then it's like, they're not going to run into one woman and then not do whatever again. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it kind of reminds me of how when the three spy 
girls were talking. And I think this was might have been after Eve got pregnant. And they're basically saying, no, you can't tell Cameron. You can't tell any of the like military people because they're going to see a woman who's, you know, pregnant and then just say, well, she's a liability now. Like she can't be a spy when it's kind of like if it was a guy. Then they were saying, oh, like the guy could just keep being a spy. Yeah, especially when they were talking about like, you know, after like after you after one of the spies has gone to bed with somebody, how they are supposedly not trustworthy because they may develop feelings for that person. I feel like that shows that inherent sexism during that time, because, you know, you look at how Eve felt about Renee. She never liked him. She hated him a lot. And so even though they had like gone to bed together, like it wasn't like she felt more amicable towards him. If anything, she felt more hatred. Yeah, I feel like she was so conflicted about that too because like the conscious front forward part of her brain, like, you know, hated Renee and what he stood for. But then, you know, when he would invite her up afterwards and then it's like, I feel like part of it, she kind of rationalized by just saying, oh, I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm, definitely. But I think that overall, the book did an okay job showing sexism, like throughout the times. I just think that sometimes they were a little bit too strong with it. Like it was a little too, a little too much. Like, especially when it came to Charlie, I feel like it was a little bit too much. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier, where out of the two of them, I think Eve was the the better written character. Definitely. Also, initially, um, with so this is something that I was thinking about when I was thinking about Eve's relationship with Renee versus Eve's semi-relationship with Cameron. Well, I guess it is her relationship, but... One of the things that I wondered, because, and I think this kind of has to do with how Eve tried to compartmentalize that relationship with Renee. Um, I feel like she really liked that she was able to get all of this information out of him. And I kind of wondered if that was part of the reason why she was drawn so much to Cameron is because he is someone who's higher up and who knows a lot of things that are going on. So I wondered if part of that was like, her wanting to know what was going on a little bit more. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not really sure. I think... I think she also... Because they wrote it in that she had a stutter, I think she really did have this kind of complex around proving herself. And I think, you know, some like like Cameron, who was slightly higher up in the military, is I think she ha- she wanted to prove to people who were in authority that she could do things. I could see that. That that makes a lot of sense as to why she was like attracted to him then. Also, isn't it kind of ironic how the intelligence service were worried about their women spies who went to bed with a guy because they wouldn't be trustworthy or reliable, yet Eve got most of her information when she was in bed with Renee, and that's when Renee gave it away, and he was a man. I know. I was like, well, this is how she gets her information. So 
I'm not going to say that it would be hard to get good information, but it would definitely be significantly more difficult because you'd only hear what's going on in the cafe rather than other information from elsewhere. What are your thoughts on the ending of the book? I feel like disproving that, or I feel like proving that Eve was not the one who gave away that information I feel like it felt really forced. Like it was a little bit harder for me to connect the dots between like, how did she know? How did Charlie know that Eve wasn't the one who gave up the information? Um, so that part I didn't really like. Um, plus I felt like it was kind of to tie like a pretty little bow on the story, you know, and be like, oh, look, Eve was innocent the whole time. Um, so that I didn't really like. The ending with Renee and how he was shot and whatnot, I thought that that was, I thought that was okay. I mean, it was fine. There wasn't anything that I thought was super standout about it, but that was my overall thoughts. What did you think? I kind of like the twist that Eve didn't do it. Um, I think just because it, it shows that how much your brain how much power your brain has because a lot of Eve's trauma came from thinking she was the one who, you know, turned them all in. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, I could see how it kind of, you know, is, is written and gives it kind of the happy little ending vibe. Um, I have big problems with Renee getting shot. I just thought it was a cop out. A, because I'm me, I'm like, no, we should have a trial and then he should be thrown in jail. Um, But also, I just thought it was like just not realistic because it's like, okay, so you shoot him, you kill him, and then you're basically fugitives. That's true. That was one issue that I did have with shooting him is I was like, well, what's going to happen to these characters now? Because obviously somebody's going to do an investigation you know, and there's that like lame little story in the newspaper and being like, because he didn't have anybody like no one knew in time. But I'm like, you still killed a dude. Like, I know he's a pretty terrible human being, but I feel like it's like. I thought it would be better if Charlie had been able to hold Eve back, and I feel like they conveniently wrote Finn out of the story so he couldn't stop them. And I was just like, I just it's funny because he's with them the whole time. And then all of a sudden he's just going to have drinks with the mechanic yeah that was definitely a little strange it was like i don't know it did seem a little bit strange like he was kind of off and away elsewhere for that time i also don't understand where they're like oh we shot him even though he's attacking us and like here's the whole history and stuff so we have to run away and leave the country yeah like i'm sorry like i feel like like, you you have Eve, who clearly has PTSD. Mm-hmm. And then you have Charlie trying to stop it. I'm like, is it that hard to explain this to the authorities? Yeah. I don't know. I just looked at it. And like you said, like, I feel like that would follow them. I don't think it's something that would just magically go away. Like, oh, he was a conspirator. So nobody cares that he's dead. I feel like that would not happen. I feel like there would still be some sort of investigation. Or his family would push for some sort of investigation. And I think it, it comes down to the thing of, like, how you feel about vigilante justice. Um, 
I guess based on my, my reaction from this, it clearly makes me a little uncomfy. <laughs> Honestly, vigilante justice, I think, is okay sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Like, vigilante justice to the, to the level like Eve did, would you murder someone? Or like, I don't know, someone steals your pocketbook and you, I don't know, take care of it yourself, tackle them, I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like I was more okay with this one because it was in a book. I think if it was in real life, I would have been much more upset about it. But I think like compartmentalizing it is like, oh, well, it's just a story. And this makes it like an interesting ending to a story. I feel like I was more okay with it. That's what I think is so interesting is like how in terms of like you were kind of critical of, oh, Eve didn't do it because it ties into a little bow. For me, the killing of Renee is this kind of like kind of like forced ending that like doesn't naturally happen i feel like it wouldn't actually i mean i don't know i've never been tortured and a spy and then run into that person like 50 years later but it just seemed kind of like written up as kind of a dramatic ending yeah like i feel like it would have been better if she would have held on to him until he could be arrested for his war crimes. I think that that would have been a more realistic ending or found some way to have him arrested so he would be in custody until he could be held accountable. But, I mean, I look at it too and I'm like, you know, she did have a lot of hatred for him. Also, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is because she would always drink with Renee, I thought it was interesting that she continued to drink so significantly afterwards. And I understand that it was likely due to like PTSD, but I just thought that that was interesting because of how, you know, supposedly she had given up information because she was drinking and because she was like ingesting these drugs. Yeah, I think... Well, in terms of the the whole event at Renee's house, I would have been fine if they shot him. You know, like, I feel like, you know, he is attacking them. Like, that makes sense. But I'm like, I don't know. I think I would have been happier if they had just shot him and then the cops came. I could see it. But, again, with that thing with Eve and her finding out that she was not guilty... I just felt like, I don't know, I liked it because I really like Eve's character and I didn't want her to be guilty of giving up that information. But I feel like it was just not realistic. Like, how could she, how could Charlie piece together that information from what she had? Well, she called Violet, who, because Violet was on trial, I guess she could access the court records. And so while they were on the trial, the defendants, so the three um, girls from the Alice Network, they weren't there for the witness testimony. So they don't know who turned them in. Um, I thought it was a little far-fetched that, uh, what's her name, Violet, hated Eve so much. Because remember when they went to the China shop, she was like, I'm not helping you get out of here. You know, she didn't want to really make amends. And so then she gets a call from Charlie being like, oh, this may not have actually happened. Like, just open your records and you'll know. Like, I feel like that part was kind of the unrealistic element that 
Violet would all of a sudden be like, yeah, I'll help you. Like, I'll go get these unsealed. Yeah, or I feel like Violet would have done that earlier, you know? I feel like she would have wanted to know what happened during that trial. Yeah. And so I felt like that, I think, was part of my issue with it, is that it just seemed really unrealistic that Violet, first off, wouldn't have looked at those earlier. And second off, that, you know, I don't know. I just felt like it was really strange that the way the whole thing transpired, I just... I think it was very strange. I think part of the reason that I liked the whole finding out Eve didn't do it thing is because it just confirmed how much of a terrible person Renee was. Yeah, I can see that. Because and it I just did felt, really make him look awful. Yeah, I was like, I just felt satisfied in that my assessment of him being a terrible person is correct. This is true. So, I wonder... If, like, what you think of the book overall, um, yeah. Overall, I feel like it's a good read. Like, I enjoyed it. I do think it's a little bit overrated, though, just because there are so many issues that I have with, like, the characters and how it's written, especially when it comes to Charlie. I just think that, and, like, also the plot points, I just think that there's some things that are a little bit too overdone and a little bit too much, they kind of feel almost juvenile. So I think for that reason, I think it's overrated. What do you think? I also kind of came to the same end judgment. I enjoyed reading it. Um, Especially, I'd say, probably like the halfway through to the end, I definitely noticed my pacing pick up. Like I wanted to know what happened next with Eve and all of that. Um... I do think it's kind of overrated, not because it's a bad book, but just because I don't think it's as good as what some of the reviews I was reading said. And also my really big problem at the end with them turning into vigilantes. Also, the ending talk about just convenient, happy ending is when they did like the, you know, six months later thing. And all of a sudden, Charlie owns a cafe in France and Finn works as like a mechanic there. And Eve goes off like hunting lions and then visits them. And they're all happy in this little French countryside. I was like, that just seemed a little unrealistic because I'm like, first of all, you're not a French citizen. How did you get to opening like a cafe? Is like our visa laws different then? So I was very preoccupied with that. And I thought it was a little like conveniently happy. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that that ending was definitely kind of like a little bit too convenient. Like Renee dies, Charlie goes and opens up a cafe, which first off, to open up a cafe in six months, are you serious? Like, do you know how long it took us to put together this podcast alone? I could not imagine being like, I think I'll just open up a cafe. And six months later, here it is. I feel like that's very unrealistic. Also, like, didn't they have two kids at that point? She might have been pregnant again. That that was probably it. I also thought it was so random that Eve le- leads, like, wildlife hunting parties in Africa because she likes stalking things. Yeah, I was like, what is that? I feel like, honestly, that's not what I would picture her doing at all. I think that that's just, like kind of like creepy honestly because it almost insinuates that you know she liked to kill Renee 
and like she liked that and i understand that she's got like this fixation in regards to power and proving herself worthy but that's not how i would see her going about doing that i see her taking a more sort of like academically oriented approach kind of like how she was spying on renee previously um i just think that she would do something more along the lines of intelligence like that rather than something like i'm going to africa to hunt lions that just seems really random to me yeah i think your point is interesting like i could imagine her almost being like an instructor Mm -hmm. at the spy school or something but i was just like why hunting african lions and then second of all trophy hunting makes me very upset so i'm just like i feel like it knocked a couple points off like my i like eve kind of tally yeah definitely there were i don't know just the ending i think was kind of unsatisfying like it didn't like sometimes i'm just gonna say it sometimes authors i feel like try to give everybody this happy ending so that their audience will be pleased whereas honestly having an ending that's maybe not quite so cookie cutter is just better because then it's more realistic and i feel like your audience even though they might not like that ending like they might not like the results of it i think that it can be a powerful tool i agree with you i think that with books i'd be more happy in an ending where the characters aren't necessarily a hundred percent happy but it's something that i could realistically see happening for them compared to like this situation where i'm like wait so they got married she has a cafe. She's pregnant again. Eve hunts lions. And it's been like six-ish months. Yeah, like one book that had an ending that I felt like was more realistic, but it was extremely sad, was All the Light We Cannot See. That ending tore me up. I was so upset about it. Like it was not happy, but I felt like it was more realistic to what might actually happen. I read that book. I love that book. Isn't it great? I haven't read it in so long. I only I was like, now I should reread it. Yeah. And I feel like that's because isn't that around like World War Two? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. So it's kind of in that same era, too. But I feel like the ending to that book was much more satisfying than the ending to this book. And then another book, if you're interested in this sort of time period that I would highly recommend is Codename Verity by Elizabeth Wine. I read it quite a while ago but I remember it was my favorite book for a very long time it's probably still very high up there I'll have to read that one I know it it kind of reminds the talking about books where the ending isn't necessarily everyone's happy and frolicking in the meadow is the nightingale I really enjoyed that one and it's it's not a sad ending but it's I feel like it's a more realistic ending mm-hmm because I think that's the main reason why I think the Alice Network is a little overrated is not because I didn't enjoy the book. It's because I think the ending was just a little too much. Yeah, I agree. I think like the book itself was a very enjoyable read, but I think that there were some things that were just kind of problematic along the way, especially the ending, especially the ending. And then also, I just think the development of Charlie's character 
was problematic and annoying. So, yeah, I think it's like it's one of those books that I enjoyed reading. But now that it's done, like, I don't really think I'd revisit it. I agree. I think that it's a book that maybe I'll reread in like five or six years. But it's not one that I'll be circling back to really quickly. Yeah. Well, this was a wonderful discussion. If you have any thoughts, you know, if any listeners have any thoughts, they can send them to our email, selenialspodcast at gmail.com or comment on our Instagram. And what are we going to be reading next month, Kaylee? So next month for April, we will be reading Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking, which is by Susan Cain. Um, This book is nonfiction, so we wanted to do something that'll switch it up a little bit. Please feel free to read along with us so that you can tune into that podcast and that you can add to the conversation. You can find us at Zillennials Podcast on Instagram or email us at zillennialspodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to hit the subscribe button and stay a while. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.